0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown, where we give you a holistic view of the world of sports. Whether you're a casual fan or an avid fan, this is the place for you. For you two hosts, I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Today is Saturday, August 26th. It's been a little bit of a minute since we've been on the pod. I know it's been a week and a half. And it's at it's NFL season. There's there's not many excuses that are acceptable for this kind of behavior between Matt and I, but I think that my last week uh does excuse it because I I Classes started, and so college started back up, and it's just been very busy trying to get everything under under control, get everything kind of in the swing of things, and then hopefully we can be back on on a on a nice good schedule. Uh, maybe not two episodes per week because the more that I think about it, like the busy, this is the gonna be my busiest semester yet, and so considering we've had semesters in the past where we've had to kind of you know, skip a few episodes here and there, skip a few uh, two timers a week here and there. It's probably going to have to happen again this semester, judging by how my first week already went. And it's only the first week. I don't even have that much work yet. So it's going to be, it's going to be a uh, a heck of a semester and a heck of a first, I guess, half of season four of first on rundown, but we are ready for it. And we're bringing you NFL preview number two today, AFC East and AFC South. I mentioned last episode that we are going to try to do a hyped up, division along with a not hyped up division in each episode. So it just so happened that NFC East and NFC South share the same dynamic as the AFC East and the AFC South, because the AFC East, just like the NFC East is a very good and hyped up division. And then the NFC South and AFC South are both very bad with the exception of pretty much the Jaguars between both of those divisions. So yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. AFC East and AFC South. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, hopefully your favorite team is a part of these two divisions. If not, we've got two more of these left. So make sure to listen to those. If you haven't listened to our last episode, listen to that one. Because if you have a team that's in the a- NFC East or NFC South, that's what we did last episode. So um, it, it's, it's all going to come full circle. We've got 32 teams to do here. We've only done eight. We're doing eight more today. So we're getting, uh, getting to that halfway point today. I've got Matt on the other end of the Zoom call here. We are not in person and we probably won't be for a good while, but Zoom is is the only option and we're still gonna kill it. So, Matt, how are you?
1: Well, I love the NFL, Hayden. I do. It's 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 you know, it's brought me so much joy over the years and everything. But I must say that today is Saturday, August twenty sixth, which means it is week zero. College football begins today. Aren't you excited to watch UMass versus New Mexico State at seven o'clock tonight, Hayden? Yeah, I,
0: I tell all my friends because all my friends, you know, they're they're asking me like, oh, when does the college football season start? You know, people that don't really watch football. And I tell them that it starts this week because it technically does. And I call it, I, I say it's week zero because it's what it's called. But I tell them, I'm like, yeah, you you probably don't want to be watching Middle Tennessee State against Nevada or something, you know, what? Or yeah, UMass or whoever they're playing. Right. So, yeah, it's it's very, very um ground level teams, to say the least.
1: Yeah. Cap off your Saturday night with Florida international versus Louisiana tech. That's what I'm talking about, yes. but you know, I'm going to be watching it. You know, I'm going to be watching it. Um, But yeah, obviously this is a, this is an NFL podcast. So I guess we should kind of get back to back to what's on tap here. And speaking of, I mean, two weeks from today, Hayden, it'll be, well, it'll be week two college football, but it'll be less than 24 hours away from uh from the NFL season kicking off for real. Yes. So I'm excited for it.
0: Yes, sir. That is correct. Amundo. All right. So with that being said, we're just going to hop right into it because we do have a, a little bit of a tough time kind of keeping keeping everything within the reins of, of, of the time constraints that we like to keep our episodes within, um, especially with these episodes, because we have so much to talk about. So we're just going to get right into it with the AFC East. So the Bills here are at the top of the AFC East. And again, if you if you didn't listen to the last episode, the, the way that we talk about these teams is we go in descending order of win totals, projected win totals. So the Bills have the highest projected win total in the AFC East at 10 and a half wins which isn't that much. It's not as much as you would think because they they still went what 13 and 4 less no or it's, 13 and uh, 3
1: with the canceled game yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. Oh right, with the canceled game yeah, I guess against the uh the Bengals. Makes sense. But yeah, they, I mean, they had a really good record last year and you would expect a team like the Bills who didn't really lose many players, I would say. I mean, they lost Tremaine Edmonds to free agency, but that was really the only guy on defense that they lost. They were able to keep on to, I mean, they were able to hold on to Jordan Poyer who was going to become a free agent um, if they hadn't, you know, they hadn't paid him basically. So they still have that really good secondary and uh, really good defensive line as well. I think Von Miller is, Supposed to come back. I mean, he's 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 on the older side, and he, I think, tore his ACL or tore his Achilles or something like that last season. So he's coming off an injury. He's kind of injury prone, but he's still a huge part of that defense when he's playing for them. So defense didn't really lose much. And really on offense, I mean, they gained Damian Harris from the Patriots, which I think is is a great pickup. Really, the only problem that the Bills have had, I feel like, throughout the past couple years where they've actually been in the mix of things, is is their running back, and that's what everybody's been saying. That they need to get and they got james cook in uh or two drafts ago which <laughs> hasn't really worked out for them that much and they let go of devin singletary who was like pretty okay but also wasn't really the you know the wasn't really able to handle the the lead back duties there in, in my opinion so yeah they, they really don't have um you know many flaws at all and so i think this this 10 and a half win total is is very low in my opinion so you guys kind of are, are getting where I'm going here with um with, with what my pick is going to be. But I'm going to let Matt kind of talk about the bills a little bit more in whatever manner he chooses. I just, I, I just kind of went over again, like the the people that they gained and people that they lost. But yeah, I think just nobody's really talking about this team because everybody's talking about how, or other teams like the jets in the AFC East um, that, which we will get to next. But I think the jets are overshadowing them. And then I'm, I also think that people are just so down on them because of, how they've ended their seasons in the past couple of years with the loss against um, the Chiefs, you know, 13 seconds when Mahomes was able to come back, and then last year, uh, I forget who they lost to, but yeah, they lost pretty pretty early early in the playoffs. So uh, I think it was the Bengals actually that they lost to, but could be wrong. Um, but yes, yes. I I feel like nobody's talking about this team, and that's maybe why their win total is so low. But I'm interested to see what Matt has to
1: say. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it right at the end there, and I was going to bring up basically that that the way that people think of the bills as a team is just what you remember most recently right I mean this is a this is a classic psychology term it's called recency bias and so you're always going to assume that what you see most recently is what the truth is about whatever it is that you know that we're talking about and in this case it's it's exactly what Hayden said you know the bills got two years three years ago the Bills got to the AFC Championship. They lose to the Chiefs, and it's that you know that that iconic picture of Steph Diggs. You know he's he had, like his hands on his helmet, and he's watching the parade or the you know the confetti fall. Uh, you know in the in the Chiefs Stadium as they go on to eventually lose to the Bucks in the Super Bowl. But that was kind of when the Bills burst onto the scene, right? When Josh Allen had his complete transformation. And you're thinking you know this is this team is so set up for you know for 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 such a great future and and you know for years to come because Josh Allen's still so young and they you know they got all the defensive pieces and they have Stephon Diggs, you know, a number one receiver. And then each of the last two years it's been a disappointing loss in the divisional round of the, of the playoffs so they haven't even gotten back to the afc championship which is where that was kind of the peak of their you know originally um where you know where they as i said they kind of burst onto the scene and but right as he mentioned one of those was the 13 seconds against the chiefs when you just, you can't give Patrick Mahomes 13 seconds like that. That's, that's, that like framed the, the, like that became the framework for what we think is even possibly NFL. Now that was before it was like, you, you can't even, there's not, you can't do that. Uh, and then obviously the chiefs get the ball in overtime and they go down and score instantly. And the bills didn't even get a chance to score in that game or they didn't get a chance with the ball in overtime. Right. And that's what ended up chasing that actually changed the overtime rules because of that game specifically. Right. So, uh, I think that's, I think that's pretty cool, but But then last year, right, you're coming in with a lot of hype. Um, Obviously, you know, they had injuries across or, you know, kind of throughout the season uh, that really hampered them. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway that I'm going to, or the biggest kind of, yeah, the takeaway that I'm going to have from last season, but but kind of you know turnaround coming into this season, is the fact that you know all, so many players were hurt, and and that even went through into the playoffs. And obviously, you know they 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 won their first playoffs game against the Dolphins and Skylar Thompson by three points. You remember that game? The Dolphins were actually winning a good chunk of that game, right? And it's in Buffalo, and it's like, what's going on? You know, Skylar Thompson, and and so the Bills kind of get, you know get out of there with a win, and then you have the divisional round playoffs against the, the Bengals, where. The Bengals come into Buffalo, you know, Buffalo is a six and a half, seven point favorite. They're supposed to win by a touchdown and the Bengals just absolutely dismantle the bills in Buffalo in the snow. And you're thinking, well, oh shoot, you know, is this team, is this team destined to fail now? Is it, you know, is it, is it, is it all over for the bills who had so much promise just a couple of years ago? And and that's, I think, and, and I, I completely agree with kind of the, the narrative that Hayden was talking about is the fact that that's what we think about is like, well, the past two years, this team has had no playoff success. So they automatically should be like, not, I mean, not obviously, you know, not the third or fourth team in the division or anything, but not thought of as highly because they don't have all those playoff, playoff success. Well, for what we're talking about right now. It's the regular season win total. Whether we think this team is going to go over or under, it's not necessarily saying that we're going to think this team is going to win the Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, the team is getting all the players back that were hurt from last year, and they were thirteen and three in the regular season. I mean, if they had actually played and finished the game against the Bengals, then if they win that game, they're fourteen and three. They can have the number one seed in the AFC, right? Instead, Kansas City gets it, and then obviously, you know, goes on to win the Super Bowl. So, again, sliding doors moment. Buffalo has a has a has the uh, you know the um, the SC championship game at home, like. Who says that they're not going to win that right now? So I I think that's probably kind of in general, that's the scope of the, of of what I'm looking at for the outlook of the bills this season in terms of coaching changes. um, Obviously two years ago, they got rid of Brian. Well, they, they let go of Brian Daywell because he got hired to be the, the head coach of the giants. And he had a lot of success with, with Daniel Jones last year. A lot of people are saying, and I said this on the last podcast too, when we were talking about the giants is a lot of people are saying, you know, even though we only have one year sample size. Is Brian Dayball kind of the coach, you know, quarterback whisperer where, you know, wherever he goes, the quarterback that he works with is just going to do super well and, and, you know, make these monumental transformations. And, and it's kind of like, well, jo, is Josh Allen going to be able to, to perform without Brian Dable? I think so, right? I mean, it can't be, you know, obviously the, the player is the one who's playing the game. The coach is is just kind of telling him what to do. Um, I know it's a lot more complex than that, but in, in terms of like what people are saying where, you know, some people are saying like Brian Dable is the reason that Josh Allen was good and he's going to be terrible without him. Again, the team went 13 and three in the regular season last year. Uh, and then on the defensive end, Leslie Frazier was calling the defense. So he was kind of the defensive coordinator. He was... It, it was an interesting transaction. He was, he was kind of asked to not, or no, I think it was like people knew that he, or he knew that he was going to be fired or at least asked to step down. And so he kind of like did it himself. He was like, I'm stepping away from the play calling duties. I don't know if he's still even employed by the team, but basically Sean McDermott, who's the head coach of the bills is now going to be calling the defense. Right. And to a certain extent, you, you, you you like to see that because when a head coach kind of takes over the play calling, whether it be offense or defense, that's that's been proven to work, you know, in the past, and I think that Sean McDermott, having been a defensive coordinator originally, and obviously kind of you know promoted to where he becomes the head coach, I mean, he knows defense, and he has all the talent in the world on this defense. I mean, the Buffalo backups could be a starting defense in the NFL, uh, just you know, just given the, the the loads of talent they have. So I am, as Hayden, you know, high on the Bills, and I think that it's it's good that, that we're kind of putting this out here, and that it's at the beginning of the podcast to be like. What you remember from seeing the Bills being, you know, embarrassed at home by the Bengals in the divisional round of the playoffs, there's a lot coming over from that team that was, and you have the whole Jamar Hamlin thing too, right? Where like his injury happened in the game, in the regular season game against the Bengals. He was there at the game, like during the playoff game when they came back and then, you know, Naheem Hines returns the touchdown or returns the the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Like all of that being said, like there was just, there was a lot of motion, a lot of stuff going on outside or like off the field for this team as well. That, you know, kind of when you get into a situation where it's a pressure cooker and you're expected to win you know, there's a lot that can go wrong. And I think that, you know, for, for that, I think the expectations were too big. I think the Bengals should not have been a seven-point underdog in that playoff game to begin with. And we saw them win outright by, what, 20 points, I think. Um, so, so I think that, you know, when it comes to playoff success, this team definitely still has to find their footing and kind of get back to where they were in that first year where they burst onto the scene. But in terms of regular season success, they're going to be fine. And obviously... I think the win total is a little bit is a little bit reduced simply because of the fact that the rest of the teams in the division, you know, namely the bills or namely the, the jets and the dolphins, who we're going to be talking about next are, are improving. But I mean, again, you know, I, I think that it, there's still so much talent on this team. They get a lot back from last year. And I think they're, they're, they're ready to, I think they're going to be ready to come out there and, and hungry and ready to conquer.
0: Yeah, I think so too. That's, that's why I'm going to go over with this 10 and a half. Um, I think it's pretty obvious where, where both Matt and I are going with 10 and a half again, I, th- I like to think of these win totals in terms of I it's easy to kind of get caught up in like the, you know, 10 and a half, like, Oh, it's double digits. It's you don't really see 10 and a half much, unless they're the best team in the division. You, you, you never really see two teams in the same division with a win total. That's double digits, right. Or higher. um Or I guess, yeah, double digits. Yeah. That makes sense. But um <laughs> can't be triple digits. I'll be crazy. But yes. So you, you never really see two teams in a division with, that both have win totals of double digits. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a little bit daunting when you see a team with the double digit win totals. And um, it it it's, but if you think about it in the, in the sense of like only having to win 11 out of their 17 games, like they can go 11 and six and still hit the over for their win total. I, I think and that they've people, done
1: that. And they've done that each of the last three years.
0: Yeah. I think that people kind of forget like, 11 and 6 like if we were to see the the bills go to 11 and 6 this year i think that a lot of people would call that a disappointment and so if you're if you're saying that to yourself that's that's a sign of bet the over so again we're not you know not really telling you how to sling around your money but i'm i would definitely go with the over on this one
1: I'm also gonna go with the over in terms of if I was if I I'm I'm close to betting this, I'm not exactly sure if I'm gonna pull the trigger, but in terms of a bet, instead of taking the over over ten and a half, just in case, you know, right, Josh Allen gets hurt or something crazy happens. Oh, another thing too, Josh Allen, I think has the longest current streak of starts in the NFL of any quarterback in the NFL, which is crazy because you also think of Josh Allen as oh, this guy's already hurt, hurt." you know, the elbow thing last week or last year. Now, there's an argument too that he plays in a style of football to where to which you know lends himself to getting hurt, I think, more often than not um and additionally i think too he sometimes plays when he's hurt as well so you know that that could be kind of added to that but i think right unless you know if something crazy gets hurt or whatever um they have more defensive troubles i think the buffalo bills to win the division is probably the best bet because i think it's like it's like plus 120 plus 130 so you're getting plus odds on you know whether or not the, the bills are going to win the uh, win the division and in my mind, like if they, if they go over the total, yeah, they'll probably win the division, but I think they could win the division with 10 wins. Right. I mean, there's no, there's no guarantee that the Jets and dolphins are both going to get to double digit wins as well. So if you want to bet this, I'd say probably the best bet is to take the bills to win the division. Cause you're going to get plus odds on it. Uh, and, and, and that way too, you're kind of covering yourself instead of, you know, betting the, the season win total over it, you know, you're, you're going to be risking more on that anyway. And if something goes crazy and the bills only end up winning seven games, you know, at least you have the plus odds to where you're not risking as much on the, on the, on the bet there. All right, second team here is
0: the Jets and just a little FYI. The Jets and the Dolphins are tied for their win total is both nine and a half. So using our our method here, going in descending order, I kind of just had to choose which team I wanted to 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 put above the other. And so I chose to put the Jets above the Dolphins because I think that we can kind of all agree that everybody could could agree that they expect the Jets to do better than the Dolphins this year. I'm not saying that they will, but I think that uh just having, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Rather than two attack by Loa is is enough explanation in itself. So, going off of that, just kind of starting to talk about the Jets here. Their their offense obviously is going to be insane. I mean, it, really, the only thing that I'm concerned about here is their O line staying healthy. I think both Makai Becton and Lakin Tomlinson got hurt last last year. I can't remember if it was Lakin Tomlinson. I, I don't know. It was it was. I think it was another guard that got hurt. But like both Makai Becton and um, one of their guards got hurt last year. And so, and I think that they were both out for the season or something of that nature. So they were beat up and they had nobody at quarterback, right? They had, you know, Zach Wilson struggles. And then they had Mike white come in there and throw for 400 yards in his first game, which was crazy. Awesome to see, but, um, but Mike white's not at there anymore. And I think he's with the dolphins now, which is pretty good to back up to, uh, um, so we might talk about him a little bit with the Dolphins, but uh, yeah, but like the Jets offense is, is not going to be the problem and neither is our defense. Like if, if you think about teams that are just so versatile on both sides of the ball, I think the Jets are probably one of the, one of the more are, are higher up there than you would think. Um, you, you know, obviously like everybody's talking about the chiefs and the bills and the Bengals and the Eagles and like the Eagles, I, I would say are probably kind of more in that realm too. And the 49ers too, I guess like 49ers defense is really good. And then their offense is really good as well, just the way that it's run. But teams like the Bengals, like the Bengals defense has kind of struggled and teams like the Bills, the, B- the Bills defense used to be really good and then they kind of struggled a little bit once the offense started, started to figure it out. So like teams that a lot of people are talking about to win the Super Bowl, when you look at it from an, an objective point of view, like I'm looking at it from for, for the Jets right now, like I think that the Jets on paper, they have one of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, if like I'm talking like top three team in the NFL on paper, because their offensive line is pretty good when they're healthy. And if you have a good offensive line, you have a four-time MVP at quarterback. How are you not going to win a lot of games? Like, that, I mean, that that's just a recipe for success. And then their defense, they had a, I think, top five total defense last year. So it's like they really have no holes. I mean, I, I don't see where they can really go wrong this season. It's it's I think it really depends on on if Aaron Rodgers is is actually proving to be the real the de- real deal there, and I think he is. I mean, he's he's really old, but I think he got what he wanted and it seems like he's really really happy there, which a happy Aaron Rodgers is just going to play better in general and I mean, he even even when he wasn't really happy in Green Bay, we just saw him turn things around in an instant, right? Like the all those relaxed interviews that he had as soon as he noticed that people were starting to come at him for, for green Bay's lack of success, he was able to instantly turn around and win an MVP the same year. So it's like, we know what Aaron Rodgers is capable of. And the fact that he's actually happy now in New York, I think is, is a recipe for like, is, is actually the perfect storm for, um, for New York this year. Also, the last thing I will, I will say is that Will McDonald, he's the, the edge guy out of Iowa state that they drafted this past year, he's been insane that during the preseason, like he's just been tearing it up. So look for him to make a difference on that defense. He should be, I mean, he he was a first round pick and I think he was like pick 15 or something like that. I think he was, he went higher than um, he may have been the second edge player taken maybe behind Will Anderson. Like it, it was one of those things where he wasn't expected to go really in the first round at all. And I think he got picked at number 15. So um yeah so expect will will mcdonald to, to really make a difference on this defense which again is just getting beefed up by his presence so that's my take on the jets this year I, i'm super super
1: high on them matt what do you think i'm not so i like this because we, we definitely oh, have some okay. differing opinions i think the rest of the episode too based on the notes, the notes that you wrote um even in the afc south i think we're gonna have some differing opinions which is which is good i think it's you know it's good for discussion everything like that the defense i will give you probably top five top five defense in terms of last year's stats and everything they were top five defense coming into this year they've only you know they've only gotten better um so the defense is definitely going to be really good um but I just I'm just not sure how well this Aaron Rodgers thing is going to work out okay first of all the offensive line is bad it is bad it is probably bottom 10 in the in the NFL Makai Becton okay cool he's 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 a good player but yeah, how much? Yeah, I don't think he's played a single snaps in 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 the last two years, or maybe a couple of them. Um, I played against this guy in high school. also, by the way, it was an absolute menace in high school. He was, but in in the pros, he hasn't been able to do to do much since he's been there. Um, the rest of the offensive line is below replacement level. It's it's just it's not it's not the quality and the caliber the Green Bay's offensive line has been really for the last you know ever since Aaron Rodgers was there, right? The last like you know ten years. So you automatically have a downgrade in the offensive line and. Again, Aaron Rodgers is a magician. Again, I'm a Packers fan, so I know all of what Aaron Rodgers is, is capable of, right? But he needs time to throw. And if he can't get time to throw, he's 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 not mobile, right? He's not he is mobile to an extent, but he's only getting older. And so I think that's kind of the first thing that I'm I'm, I'm worried of. The second thing is is the running back situation, which is is just weird, right? Yeah, I mean you have you, Brees Hall drafted him a couple of years ago. I think he got a thousand yards in his rookie year. He looked awesome. He drafted Michael Carter, I think the year before that, or maybe, I think, yeah, I think the year before that, he's, he's doing pretty well too. Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight, NC State, probably, I think three or four years ago. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's all right. That's fine too. We're paying him. Okay. Yeah. That's more, that's more money. That's walking out the door. Um, You drafted Israel Abanaconda from Pitt this year. Okay. That's another rookie running back that we're drafting that we're going to give time to. Oh, and by the way, we signed Dalvin cook. Like I don't, I, it, there's five legitimate replacement level ish to above replacement level running backs on this team. And so you're going to have to share the ball with all of them, or you're only going to, you know, put Dalvin cook out there and Dalvin Cook didn't play that well last year. He had, he had counting stats, but in terms of, you know, like yards of after contact, the stuff that you look for where like a running back is able to really kind of add, um, you know, value to, to a team's offensive drives. He, he wasn't, he was okay. Alexander Madison actually performed better in those counting stats um, than, than, uh, than Dalvin Cook did last year in Minnesota. So, and, and additionally, you know, the offensive line, if they can't run block, then, then, okay. You have five running backs that are good and replacement level guys, but like, if they're not able to run because the offensive line sucks, then that just blows everything up to, uh, you know, to to begin with. So, and the last thing, the receiving core, it's, it's okay. You have Garrett Wilson. He was great last year, right? He got, I think he had like 1200 yards and with, as Hayden mentioned, Zach Wilson and Mike White and whoever else, you know, throwing to him. So he's clearly a guy and he's going to be good. And him and Aaron Rodgers, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll they'll get on the same page. They'll develop some chemistry. And I, you know, I'm, I'm high on what they can do together, but Hayden who's the number two receiver for the jets. Do you even know? I, I have, okay. Honestly, I don't know who the number you don't. two is. That's okay. No, 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 no no, 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 no.
0: I, I know other, okay. I know other receivers on their team. Like McCole Hardman. He's on the Jets. Didn't I, uh, did you know that he might be the okay. number two? I did know that. Is he yeah. a number two receiver? No. I mean, maybe not on other teams, but dude, I mean, he, he was the number two behind Tyreek and well, I, I guess Ty, Tyreek and Kelsey in Kansas city. But like, yeah. I mean, receiver wise, I, I think he's, he's a really good option. He's also, I feel like he compliments Garrett Wilson pretty well because Garrett Wilson, I mean, Garrett Wilson's good at everything, but McCall Hardman, like they can, I don't know, run some motion with him. Hopefully, hopefully take a lot of the, the eyes off of Garrett Wilson by putting him in motion and stuff like that. That, I don't know. That that's my opinion.
1: They also got Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, which Aaron Rodgers played with in green Bay. So, right. But but that's the extent of your receiving core. And and I think that yeah. we saw this last year in green Bay, since Aaron Rodgers had been in Green Bay, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, he's always had a guy who's, you know, one of the top fantasy performers, you know, a definite number one receiver who he can go, he developed the chemistry with and, and go to. And last year, he didn't have that. He had, he had Alan Lazard and a bunch of rookies, Christian Watson. And like, to a certain extent, like, I, I don't know, he looked bad last year. And and sure, you know, maybe it was because he hated the Packers. He didn't want to be there. But in my mind, that just, it all of this adds up to be like, that's a lot of hype for not much actual results, either results and, or you have to like, this offense is going to have to reach its maximum potential ability to be, to be like playoff good. I I don't see any way. I mean, right. The Jets Super Bowl odds are like, are like 10 to one. Like it's just, it's, it's ridiculous how much, and obviously that's because people are high on the Jets and the, you know, the Jets fans are finally like, oh, we actually have a team that can, you know, have a winning record. Okay, sure. And they probably will have a winning record, but but just for for all the hype that the jets are getting again like i said there's just so much that 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 just is not the same about the situation that Aaron Rodgers is in with green bay versus versus the jets and again i am a packers fan so i will come out and say me personally I am not one of those like Homer, you know, guys who's the fan of the team. And yeah, I just want, I want Aaron Rodgers to suck now that he's not with green Bay. I don't care. I went to UVA. I bet UVA under regular season, win total three and a half, like a long time ago, I am betting against my own teams, but like, with the Packers, man, like there was everything was set up to where he wanted it to be, and it was it was a good situation with the offensive line, the receivers. He always had a number one. to get rid of Devontae Adams, and look what happens last year, right? And so there's an argument that he and he and Garrett Wilson can become that you know Devontae Adams duo, but. I mean, Devontae Adams has been there for, what, like eight years now? So I I just think that it may not be this year, okay? It may be, right, next year going into the offseason, they get a lot of help, they bring in some offensive linemen, veteran guys who can support this team, sure. But for this year specifically, I just think it's being a little bit overhyped. All right, well, with
0: that being said, let's give our little prediction with my voice crack there. Prediction for me, it's pretty obvious what I think. I mean, I'm I'm almost as high. Well, I think the the, the Bills are still going to end up winning this division. I think the Jets... I'm high on the Jets and I'm more high on them because their win total is one game less than the, than the Bills. So in terms of what we're trying to accomplish on the episode which is predicting the win totals essentially, I'm I am going to go over here. I do see them having a double digit win total um and so that'll that'll take us over nine and a half which is the line. So I I think that Matt's going to go over here even though he's not buying into the hype as much. I do I do think that Matt's going to go over. So Matt, what
1: is it? No, I'm taking under, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, obviously I'm not putting money on this, like, you know, as a real bet. Um, But in terms of like the predictions that I think, I think it's, yeah, they could go under nine and a half. They can have, they can be nine and eight and still have a winning record. Um, I just think that like, personally, I think eight and nine is a lot more likely than, than like 10 and seven, 11 and six. Wow. Um Yeah, I just, I I don't, because, because the defense is great, but if the offense can't score and they're playing a tough division and they're playing a tough schedule, like they have to play, you know, the AFC West, like it's just not going to, I don't, I don't think it's going to work out as well. Now, obviously there is a, a lot of variability with this team. Right. And that's, I think kind of the, the two, me and Hayden are probably on either extreme of where the variability can end up. And so I think on the low end, you know, right, they could be, they could really suck this year, right? And and then, you know, next year they bring in a bunch of guys and and, and the team is in the team is great. They could also, right, they the roster is what it is. And as Hayden said, the the roster is good and 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 they could be good this year. They could, you know, they could win the division, they could win a couple of playoff games. So I'm not saying they're, you know, they're they're not gonna have success at all, but I'm just saying that the variability is so large, such that I think the under is a lot more safer play. Um, but like I said, I'm not, I'm not betting this either way because I could see them being really good this year too.
0: Yeah, and I, I just w- I do want to say as one last quick thing because we are kind of debating on this. Um, the Jets ended the season zero and six last season, so they were they were seven and four to start the season. They lost their last six games, took them to set seven and ten. They still finished with seven wins with Zach Wilson and Mike White fighting for the starting position. Mike White kind of just won it and and played the rest of the season for them essentially. But you had Zach Wilson, and Mike White at quarterback, and a hurt Brees Hall basically the whole season I'm, I'm just throwing that out there and then now you've got Aaron you replace those with Aaron Rodgers, a healthy Brees Hall assumably and Dalvin Cook who yes is old but has proven that he's a very very good running back and yes he's had a little struggles lately but he's he's still Dalvin Cook like I don't know I, I think that that them having seven wins last year with all of that going on and not, basically nothing going for them on offense I think that it's I think that 10 wins is not that far off this year but that's I don't know. That's just, that's but just
1: like it. the argument against Zach Wilson and, and, and Reese Hall. And yeah, like, you know, Zach Wilson's bad and Brees Hall was hurt, but the offensive line didn't do anything for them. And they didn't do anything to improve the offensive line. They're hoping Mekhi Beckton can stay healthy. The first five, four of their first five games coming Well, actually no, the first, all their first six games, bills, Cowboys, Patriots, chiefs, Broncos, Eagles. Those are all top, top, at least top 15 defenses, top half of the league defenses. And, and especially with the bills and the Eagles and the Cowboys, like those are, probably top five if not top 10 for sure defenses in the NFL so and Bill Belichick he knows how to coach against the Jets right so I think that for the after those six games we're probably going to get a good sense of like where the Jets are at now probably you know if they go two and four in those games everybody's going to be hating on the Jets I'd probably say hey at that point like they're probably going to improve especially if we're able to see like okay they're at least putting up points right the offensive line looks a little bit you know cohesive so in terms of like how the season's going to go. I think if anything, it's probably going to start out pretty negative. And then we could see some buyback in terms of like, you know, okay, well they're actually improving because they're just, they're, they're facing a lot, a lot easier of a schedule than they started out with. But again, too, if you start out two and four, that's low morale going into the rest of the season. So they're going to have to play well right off the gates too. If they want to, I think if they want to, you know, kind of solidify themselves as a playoff team.
0: Yeah, I, that's fair, but Moving on to the Dolphins, we can't we can't harp on the Jets too much right now. So moving on to the Dolphins here again, they have the same win total as the Jets at nine and a half. My notes here are that I think that a lot of people are forgetting about I mean, I I think a lot of people are forgetting about the Dolphins, too, just because, right, the Jets have just taken over the hype of this division because they are what they are. But the Dolphins were really good last year, too, even even when Tua was, you know, had three concussions in one season or whatever it was. They still were able to kind of, you know, stick in there with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. So, right, Matt, Matt made a pretty good point earlier. Um, the fact that they just have so many weapons all over the field is, is is actually really impressive. And we already know that they're, you know, the receiver core with Ty- Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, two of the fastest guys on the planet, and they they they're both catching the ball for the Dolphins. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. But one thing I will say is that people are forgetting that Tua like i'm pretty sure that they've come out and said that if Tua gets another concussion he's like he's done he's he's not going to play anymore i don't think i think that he he's basically one concussion away from his career ending and if he hasn't learned how to fall which is a is a very it sounds like a very um it sounds like I'm blaming him for getting his concussions which i'm not really but i also kind of am because there there were a couple of those where you you could definitely tell that he could have he could have fallen a different way and not slammed his head against the ground, and he still did. And again, it's 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 tough when you're getting tackled by an NFL linebacker. I get it, but also he's an NFL size guy. He's he's a pretty big dude. So he's beefed up a lot. I think this season too. So I mean, he if he's able to stay healthy, then yes, because I think he's gotten better. I think I think he realizes what he has in Jalen Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill, and that he doesn't even really need to be you know, a save the day guy. He doesn't need to be a Patrick Mahomes slinging it 60 yards downfield on the run. Like he just needs to hit Jalen Waddle on a, on a set, you know, five yard drag route and to just let him, let him cook. Right. Same with Tyree Hill. I mean, you, you just have, you have Tyree Hill run across the field, like sort of going diagonally upwards at 20 yards and hit him. And he's going to score like every, almost every time. So, you don't need much quarterback play on that offense for this offense to work. Um, the the other thing that I will say about this team is that last year uh, when Tua played and didn't get a concussion in the games that he, that he was actually healthy for, they went eight and three. So that kind of just adds to my point. Like if Tua is able to stay healthy and not have a concussion and end his career this year, then they will be good. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be a good team, eight and three with Tua with a, Healthy Tua and mostly other healthy players, and a defense that was like all right. I mean, they, what they got Christian Wilkins and, you know, Xavier Howard, like those guys, they're, they're good. I mean, Christian Wilkins is really good. He's, he's probably one of the best D tackles in, in all football, but like, or not Xavier, Xavier and Howard, he's kind of washed at this point. Like, he's he's not as good as he used to be. So, um, they added Jalen Ramsey, but he got hurt. So I can't even really kind of use that, use that point. He's not going to be back until at least December, but, it probably won't even be then and who knows if they're actually going to be playing in you know in january or late december slash january when when playoff time comes around so i'm i'm kind of in the middle on on the on the dolphins here i'm not as high on the dolphins as i am on the jets um but i i have a feeling that matt is high on the Dolphins, so i'm going to let him talk here
1: yeah definitely now again it, it's the ultimate caveat with tua has to stay healthy right if he's not this team is not going to be good. But again, you, you can make that argument for anything, right? I mean, if Aaron Rodgers, let's say Aaron Rodgers played in a preseason game and towards ACL already, he's out for the season. Hayden would not be high on the Jets, right? Because it's just, yeah, like, yeah, of course. you know, so you can make that argument for anything. Um, but I think because we've seen such an injury history with Tua, it's all the more important that he does stay healthy, right? And and that because we've seen him have so much success when he has been healthy, that you're going to need him to stay healthy as well, because that, you know, that's a very big part of this team. I love it. I love the Dolphins. I, in fact, this is actually Hayden. It's funny that we're only on the second episode. Of this app. I only bet two teams win the Super Bowl. It's the Cowboys and the Dolphins. And I bet the Dolphins at twenty-five to one, wow. right? And again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that I don't. I'm not saying the Dolphins are going to be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I'm saying that at the at the price that I was able to get to bet the Dolphins, I think it's 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 more it's, it's positive expected value over what you could take with the Bengals at you know plus eight hundred or whatever. Um, so more so, what my plan is going to be is bet the Dolphins win the Super Bowl. Expect them to make the playoffs and then hey maybe you know maybe they're on the road in buffalo in in a first game of the playoffs and you know, they're catching seven or eight points and I can get the I can get the you know, but bet the bills on the other side and kind of guarantee guarantee a profit there. That's more of what I'm going to towards when I'm talking about, you know, the, the the value is more so on the Dolphins, the Cowboys more so than it is on obviously the Eagles and the and you know and the Chiefs and the Bills, like those are gonna be the teams that are favored to win the Super Bowl. So I just to kind of put that out there, I, I'm not I don't I don't think that the Dolphins are gonna win the Super Bowl. I think that the value is there, the expected positive value is there to be able to kind of guarantee a profit and hedge out if I need to. That being said. Yeah, I mean Hayden, Hayden kind of covered all the offense. And I think that, you know, I think Mike McDaniel is a is a great head coach. And he's kind of weird and he likes to smoke weed. And, you know, it is what it is. And he's definitely like not your not your football, you know, typical football guy head coach. But boy, can he scheme some things open, man? And obviously he comes, you know, he comes from the 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 the, um the Shanahan tree and, you know, and he's, he's one of those, you know, offensive brilliant minds. And, and I think he is, I mean, we saw it happen, right? Tyreek Hill was second in the NFL in receiving last year and two only played 11 games. I think he was on pace to get, he was probably on pace to, to, to break the record. Like if two had played all the games, Tyreek Hill I think probably would have broken the receiving record. Um, I think that's very possible this year. I think I also took, I took Tyreek Hill, I think to lead the, lead the league in receiving at like 10 to one or something. um, Cause I think it's very possible. I mean, Justin Jefferson's great, but if two was healthy the whole healthy the whole year. And this team is, is, is firing on all the cylinders on the defensive end. Hayden was a little bit lower on the defense. You have to remember they got Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator. Okay. This guy is probably the most brilliant defensive mind in the game playing right now. I, like the Broncos teams from all the way back that he was a defensive coordinator for there. Like he he's, he's an amazing defensive coordinator and not as great of a head coach because he had his chance with the Broncos and they weren't good, but, but when he's able to focus solely on the defense um, it, it's great. And I think they have the talent to be able to put a great, great defense together. Bradley Chubb, you know, they re-signed him in the off season. You got David Long from the Titans. Who's kind of a, I think an unsung hero, but like a very, very integral part of what the Titans were doing. And now he's on the Dolphins as well. Obviously, Hayden mentioned the Jalen Ramsey injury. That kind of sucks because I think that was, you know, that was kind of the the centerpiece of their defense which is now gone. Um, But I think, I mean, Zayden Howard, he's not going to be playing at an all pro level, but as long as you get you know, good enough, uh, you know, coverage from, I think, I think that's that's probably all you'll need uh, because, you know, the other argument is that the fact that like the Dolphins are going to be scoring a lot of points. And so as long as the defense is able to hold, you don't need a great defense, obviously, you know, that that kind of separates the championship contenders from, you know, kind of the, the teams that just have a winning record, but, but yeah, I, I love the Dolphins for this year. And, and obviously it's all going to be dependent on Tua. Um, and I think that, you know, Hayden was, was very correct in stating that like, he he needs to learn how to fall and he's actually been working on that apparently I don't know if he, you yeah. saw this, in, but he's been he's been taking like judo like lessons and he's yeah. like doing all this which again at least he's trying to do something about it right but yeah but that's the interesting part about this is the fact that like it's not that he's being thrown to the ground harder than other quarterbacks are he these these players are playing against him just as much as they are anyone else right uh it's the fact that 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 He's, he's either holding the ball too long or just he's just going down harder um, and we saw it even in Alabama he had all those hip issues too right so so that's that was a concern coming into the league and that was kind of why the, you know the draft when the Dolphins drafted him at number five overall teams were kind of like you know he has this injury history Is that, and that was with the hip and the leg and like this concussion thing it didn't even didn't even happen in Alabama and now it's you know now it's kind of kind of come out of nowhere so I think that you know if anything obviously right the the, the Dolphins success completely depends on Tua but Assuming that he's healthy for a full season, I think the Dolphins have amazing potential to. I mean, I think they're definitely a playoff team, um, definitely a double digit win team. So I'm going to go over on the win total here, nine and a half.
0: Okay. Well, we are going to disagree on this one as well. I'm going to go under for the Dolphins. I do think I, I hate to do this and I hate to kind of. I'm not praying on his downfall at all because I don't. I hope Tua is able to say, I hope this team goes over, but I don't think that they will because I, I do think that Tua is going to have some. Whether it's a concussion or another injury, I just don't think that he's. I can't see him staying healthy the whole season. And I, I I think that if he doesn't, then he's gonna. They're gonna go under. So I'm gonna go with the under here.
1: Yeah, and and two, just to add on real quick, like you know, kind of before when I was saying that, you know, the defenses aren't tackling or aren't going out of their way to you know to tackle him such that he gets a concussion. I mean, the incentive is there now, right? That's the thing is, to a certain extent, if you're the Bills or the Patriot, you know, other teams in the division. And those defensive ends know that he's susceptible to these injuries and that the Dolphins are a great threat when he's healthy. Maybe they do go out of their way now to, to you know, maybe toss yeah. him to the ground a little bit harder, try to go after him a little bit more. Um, to whereas before, you know, these injuries concerns came up when they weren't even trying to do that. Now, if they're trying to go after him and there's incentive to do so, it might, you know, might inj- might be even more of a good chance to for him to be injured. Obviously, again, we're not protecting that. We're not wishing it, but it yeah. could, it's a very plausible thing that happens. Yeah and and you'd never you
0: would never expect another player to want to do that either like they may be saying that in the locker room before a game just to get them themselves hyped up or just to give themselves more of a of a hope of winning but i i don't think that really anybody except for like like Fontes perfect if he was still in the league would be doing that you know trying to hurt a guy so Greg Hardy yeah yeah hopefully that, that that's not the intentions of of the defensive linemen slash linebackers that that tool will be taking playing against, but you never really know. So moving on to the Patriots here, the last team in the AFC East projected win total of seven and a half. So it's two full games below two, two and three full games below every other team in the division. I'm a Patriots fan. If you guys didn't know, if you're listening to this for the first time and you don't know me personally, I'm a Patriots fan and I am very low on the Patriots this year, like extremely low. I, I, Matt's not in his head here. So I I can tell that we, that we agree here. I think seven and a half even is, is steep for this team. Like it's, it's going to be pretty bad. Now, Bill O'Brien, he could make this offense at least a little bit more exciting. I mean, I, I don't really know how exciting you can get when you have Mac Jones, at quarterback, because it's, it, it's going to be bad either way with Mac Jones. At, I think that we should start Bailey Zappi. I'm, I say it to everybody that I talk to about the Patriots. I think that Bailey Zappi should start a quarterback for the Patriots. I think that he looked better. He looked like he was leading the team better when he came in for uh, Mac Jones when Mac Jones got hurt last year. That's just my opinion. I'm not trying to be different either. Like again, I'm I'm a Patriots fan. I've liked the Patriots for a while. I like them in their Brady years, and I like them now. And I think that ba- Bailey Zappi should start. I think that he's a better quarterback. I think he's, I think he's a better leader. He just had to, has a better overall presence on the field. Sure. In my opinion, when compared to Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones is very like kind of lazy. He's he's just like he gets fired. I don't. I, the most fired up I've ever seen Mac Jones is when he had that crazy uh, like that big run in, in the Pro Bowl, and he he started gritting after he scored. It was like a sixty yard run in the Pro Bowl, and he, and he started gritting. Like that's the most that's the most excitement I've seen out of Mac Jones. So I'm I'm gonna stop harping on Mac Jones here. I'm like I'm I kind of feel bad that I'm doing all this, but I it's I feel pretty strongly about it, and it's my team. So. That's my um, thought on the on the on the offense. The defense is actually really good. And that's that's what kind of sucks about this whole thing is like the the Patriots always have a good defense. I mean, people argue that Brady wouldn't have had nearly as much success without all the defenses that that he was with in his 20 years with with the Patriots, which I I agree. Like, I think that there should be more credit given to these Patriots defenses over the years, because I don't think that they've ever had a defense that's outside of the top 10. I I seriously, I do not I don't think like since I've been alive at least, I don't think I've ever seen a Patriots defense not be in the top ten. So they're gonna be in the top ten probably again this year. I, I don't think that they've lost many pieces. And then they added a guy named Keon White in the second round. Uh we drafted Keon White. I think he went to like Oklahoma State or I can't remember where he, where he's coming out of, but it, it was it was kind of like a you know, it, it was it wasn't a huge school, but um he's tearing it up in in preseason. It's almost like a Will McDonald situation. I don't think he's as good as Will McDonald. He, I mean, he wasn't a first round pick, and so there's there, there's a difference there. But um, yeah, Keon White, he kind of he sort of plays on the edge, but then he also plays on the inside. I think a little bit. He was tearing it up against CJ Stroud when they played the Texans in their first preseason game. So I'm excited to see what Keon Keon White is able to do. Again, young guy, rookie that I can hopefully learn under guys like, you know, Matthew Judon and the other veterans on that defense. So, and then also on the offense, you replaced Jacoby Myers with Juju, which I wrote that as a note, kind of just to just to talk about the receivers a little bit, because the receivers at, in new England have arguably been like, that's arguably the worst receiving core ever. I think that I've ever seen in my life over the past couple of years. Like we have not had a good Jacoby Myers, is the best receiver that's never scored a touchdown. I mean, he, I think he scored a touchdown last yeah, he year. Finally, at some point. finally got one. Yeah, but it, it took him like like twenty games to score a touchdown, and he was our our wide receiver for one. Not not very high on this Patriots team. And again, I'm a fan of them. I just don't see them doing well at all, especially with a division like the best division in football, in my opinion. I mean, you can argue that there's you know maybe the NFC East. You could argue that there's other better divisions, but I still I think the AFC East is the best division in football. And there's been a complete flip in the dynamic of the teams. I mean, Patriots always used to be up there at the, at the, number one spot dominating all the time with Brady there. And guess who was at the bottom, the, the dolphins and the jets and the bills, none of those teams could ever win the division. And now it's completely flipped on its head. So it's kind of cool to see that from, you know, if you're not a Patriots fan, uh, but I, it's not really something that I like to see, but it is what it is. I, I can't change the fact that we're going to suck this year and we're going to be last in the division. So Matt, go ahead.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's more of the same for me. The offense will be, better. I don't even find, I don't even know what I can say. Obviously. Okay. You have a better offensive coordinator this year than you did last year, but does that mean the offense will be better yeah. overall? I don't know. Well, dude, right? We I mean, didn't even have an offensive
0: coordinator last year. Like we right. we literally did not have anybody. It was Matt Patricia sort of, and but Joe Judge. He's a defensive guy. Yeah. Like, like it. Yeah.
1: It, yeah. It's bad. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm at least glad that cause and we saw last year, Mac Jones and Bill Belichick kind of like, you know, they got into a little bit. Um, and and most of that was Mac Jones being like, Hey, I don't have a coach that knows how to coach football who's telling me what to do. And so, you know, a lot of those play calls, you know, they're just right, just running over and over again. And and he was, you know, he was visibly upset, which hopefully they can kind of you know they can they can do something with it because um, he looked pretty good in his in his rookie year. They got to the playoffs in his rookie year, right? Two yeah. years ago. So I you know there's there's I think there's there's potential, but it just they they haven't done anything, right? I mean, you paid Jonu Smith like twenty million dollars a couple of years ago. Like what what are we doing? So and and right, the receiving core not good. Um, and Juju okay, but he I mean. He was a number one receiver on the Steelers for like a couple years. I don't even think he was, because I think Antonio Brown was still there. So he's never been a number one receiver. He kind of touched down in the Super Bowl last year, but that's what the Chiefs were, you know, the Chiefs are just, a uh, you know, a, a machine at this point. You know, they they, they run themselves. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm very, very down on the Patriots. On the defensive end, you always know that the Patriots will have a, you know, a good defense, as Aiden said, pretty much right. All the years he's been alive. Same with me. You know, I don't remember the Patriots having a bad defense, but, the key here, and I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna kind of, kind of extract some extract some data here, Hayden. Is, and I and I don't have the stats to back this up, but again, I've I've read and listened to enough to where the the defensive performances that the Patriots had that, that were great and that have been great over the years, and we've always said this is that Bill Belichick knows how to coach against rookie quarterbacks, and or like or like backups, right? Like quarterbacks that aren't you know starting caliber, and that had that I think. All right, I'm going to pull the stat out here. It's not going to be exact, but but bear with me. I think the Patriots had, I think, like five of the top 12 defensive performances last year, or like maybe three of the top 12 or, or five of the top, or like four of the top 10 or something like that. And all of those were against rookie quarterbacks. And so it's like when you're thinking about kind of the 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 way that the Patriots play, they're able to stop teams that don't have a good offensive scheme, a rookie quarterback or a bad backup, right? And that's fine. And, and, and that's a good thing you know a good strategy to have is when you're able to you know know for sure that you're going to be playing well against the teams that are bad great the problem is that that's that's going to comprise you know maybe a quarter or less of your entire schedule and so over the course of a season, like you're much more likely to kind of get beat up in, in in games where you just don't have the talent to overcome a you know legitimate starting quarterback with with a good offensive scheme. Just think about the teams in their division, right? I mean, we just talked about all three of them, like the Bills, of the Jets, and the Dolphins. And again, I was I was low on the Jets, but I said on record that. The variance is high, and the Jets could be really good this year. The Bills, Jets, and Dolphins could all have over 10 wins or over nine wins. They could all have double-digit wins, right? That's on the table. That's a possibility. That's something that could happen based on their offensive schemes. And if if you're the Patriots, six out of your 17 games, right, over a quarter of your schedule, almost half your schedule is against those teams. And so I think all of that being said, like, it's just – it's they don't have much talent in a season where they're kind of going to need the most talent. And I think that's kind of where, where the things don't match up for me. So yeah, seven and a half, if you can still find that number, I would actually take a bet on seven and under seven and a half. A lot of the, a lot of the market I think has moved to seven now. And at that point, if you, if you bet under, you need them to win six games. I've heard people be like, this is team is, is bad enough to where they could, you know, the least wins in the entire, in the entire NFL. I don't think that's possible. Cause you still have teams like the Cardinals and the, you know, and, and and, yeah. and Texans and the Raiders and everything. Um, But, but right there, they're only like, I mean, the, the, the Patriots are seven and a half and the Texans and Colts who are completely rebuilding their team. They're only six and a half. Right. So that's how, that's kind of how far we've fallen with this. And I think, again, I think Bill Belichick is kind of stuck in his ways a little bit. And obviously, right. Who might have talked uh, talked to Bill Belichick? Like he doesn't know how to coach a football team. I get it, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking up in this team is, is, is much is is pretty far under their seven and a half win total. All right.
0: Well, that is uh halfway through the episode here. We're going to try. Uh, AFC South is going to be a little bit faster because the team, the caliber of the teams is just not as good. We don't, we don't have as much to say about them. And we debated about the jets for like 20 minutes alone. So uh, moving into the AFC South here, the the Jaguars are up first. And I'm actually going to let Matt talk first about these teams for, for this part of the episode, because I feel bad. I've, I've been kind of like hogging the, hogging the, the first notes of all the teams that we've been talking about. So I'm going to let Matt talk about um, all these teams first and, then I'll kind of give my thoughts. It's going to be a lot of the same stuff, you know. Matt takes a very like story approach to it, and and talks about coaching a lot, and then about personnel, and just really right how how teams or how their team this year is going to look compared to past years, because I that's what I like to do best. It's like look at look at the win totals from past years, and then look at the win totals from this year, or the projected win total for this year, and then just compare the two teams. Like what what changed and. Is that going to make them better or worse? That's that's how I look at it. So it's going to be a lot of the same stuff, but I am going to let Matt go first here with the Jaguars.
1: Yeah. So going off of that approach, I think it's a it's a good way to do it. Two years ago, what did we have with the Jaguars team? They went two and fifteen. They had Urban Myers as their coach, and he got hired, he got fired halfway through the year, right? He drafted Trayvon Walker number one overall last year. He didn't do he didn't do too well, uh, but you have an improvement, and he hired Doug Peterson, obviously as the co- head coach. You have an improvement from two and fifteen to i think they finished 10 and 7 if not it was 9 and 8 they won the division either way right uh and a lot of hype going into the playoffs. They actually got to the playoffs after being two and fifteen the year before. What do they do in the playoffs? Trevor Lawrence throws four interceptions in the first half against the Chargers, and they come back and they still win the game. And then they lose, obviously, against the Chiefs in the divisional round. So you have a team who two years ago was two and fifteen, coming off the one of the worst NFL hiring coach head coaches I've ever even seen in the, in the kind of the the Urban Meyer debacle there two and 15 first overall pick to the year, a year later winning your division and getting a playoff win. That is a huge jump. Uh, and while I think that the Jaguars this year are, are, are good still. And, and, you know, probably going to win the division and and, and make it to the playoffs again. I think, I think that, and, and I don't, I mean, I, again, I'm pretty deep in this stuff. So what I see is, is maybe different than kind of what the casual fan has out there, but if you're expecting the Jaguars to be like a lot better than they were last year or number one seed potential or anything like that, I, I'm a little bit, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit cool on that. Right. I'm not, I'm not super, I'm not super into the whole like Jaguars, you know, best team in the AFC. Um Obviously there's, a, it, it, it's, going it can take a lot to be better than the chiefs the bills and the, and the Bengals, but, but you get my point, right. Is it the fact that like they're the, they're in the other division, right. They're the kind of the last one. And so, yes, the rest of the teams in the AFC South are all bad and, probably will not get as many wins as the Jaguars this year. But I also don't see the Jaguars going 12 and five or 13 and four. Some of the stuff that, you know, where like the improvement from, from two years ago to last year was insane. And so if you're, if you're banking on that much improvement again this year, I don't think that's really possible. Mostly because it's, it's really the same team that they had last year that you're bringing back this year. Obviously you get the Calvin really edition. I'll let Hayden talk about that uh, after but defensively this team was pretty bad last year. I think they were in the mid twenties last year and they faced one of the easiest offenses on a, on a, like on a, you know, stats per game basis and still were that bad. Right. So I, I think the defense isn't really that great. Obviously the offense is, is picking up. And I think Doug Peterson is a great coach and a great coach for Trevor Lawrence specifically. Um, and, and Travis Etienne, you know, he, he balled out. Uh, and, and so, you know, this offense kind of, kind of caught fire out of nowhere and you have guys like Christian Kirk who were kind of an afterthought after leaving Arizona all those years ago, who are now, you know, he was now a number one receiver in the NFL or number one receiver on a team in the NFL. Um, Evan Ingram, a guy who, in you know, he was, he was, he was with the Giants. He had like one, he had like a couple catches in his rookie year and he was super hyped and everything like that he would had fallen by the wayside. Now he reinvigorates his career with the Jaguars as well. So it seemed like they were kind of taking this ragtag group of guys on offense who hadn't really, you know, they kind of hadn't really found success elsewhere and, and were able to perform really well in this Jaguars offense. And I think that's credit to Doug Peterson and the coaching staff to be able to put this team in position to where they can succeed kind of despite, you know, not having necessarily top notch talent at every single position. Um, so all that being said though, they won the division last year. So they play a first place schedule this year, right? That includes games like the Bills and the Chiefs. And so a lot of the, the like the schedule that they had last year is going to get improved. Well, it's going to get, it's going to improve in terms of like the, you know, the, the overall quality of the teams they're playing is going to improve. And so I think that if you're, you know, right, again, if you're going to compare the Jaguars to last year, I think it's probably going to be similar and and so in terms of, you know, right, the over under and the win total and whatever like that, I think in terms of, you know, kind of the best bet that I had that I actually I did bet the Jaguars to win the division, because I think that really, it's more about the Jaguars. It's more about the the rest of the division, not being able to be bet as good as the Jaguars than it is the Jaguars being so much better than the rest of the division. Right. Uh, and, and so I think that, you know, the, the the price is fair and all that. But as much as I'm, you know, high on the Jaguars to win the division, can I see them go nine and eight? Yeah, like I don't think this is going to be some you know some crazy. Oh, the Jaguars are back, and you know the fans are are all over the place, and you know, had that Blake Bortles year a few years ago. And, um, I, I don't think that they're going to be at the top of the AFC, but I do think they're going to be at the top of this division, and that's obviously you know says something about kind of what we or what I think about the rest of the division coming up that we'll go over. But but yeah, so it's it. This was probably the one that I had the toughest time you know choosing you know kind of going into the episode here i'm gonna i'm gonna let hayden talk before i make my official decision but but yeah overall thoughts like the improvement from two years ago to last year was more than probably we've seen in the last like 20 30 years in the nfl uh and and so given that and then bringing back a team that's pretty much not that much change from last year adding on to that a way tougher schedule you know i i don't i don't see a market improvement from last year going into this season
0: yeah i mean Look, I my the first thing I was gonna mention was that come that um playoff comeback victory that they had against the Chargers in the in the in the um, wild card round last year that was insane. But I know that anybody, I mean, any football fan that's listening to me talk about this right now is is saying, "Well, it's Chargers and it's the Chargers in the playoffs, right?" <laughs> like Chargers in the playoffs, that is what they do. Like they, it, it doesn't matter if they're up twenty seven to zip at halftime, they're gonna lose that game. So it's like it, that's a good that, that's a good argument as well, but. Still, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, dude, he had like what three, three or four picks in that first half of that game, and four. then second yeah. half, yeah, four. And the second half, he went, he balled out, dude. I mean, and again, he he didn't have Calvin Ridley, like he, there were pieces of this team that were missing, and he still was able to do that with, with guys like Christian Kirk. Jay, Zay Jones was a huge, like, dude. Yeah, this guy, that guy improved miles last year. I mean, I added him to my fantasy team. I think it was like, I don't know, week 12 or 13 or something like that. I think in the last four weeks of the season, he was like, he was ranked like second or third in fantasy points for wide receivers throughout through the last four weeks of the season. And I started him in almost like he had, I think in in PPR, he had three straight weeks where he scored like 25 or more points. (laughs) And, And dude, he was on waiver wires everywhere. It was, it was nuts. So Zay Jones is a guy that is is going to be still be on this offense. He's the wide receiver three in this offense. Like the fact that he was able to step up that much last season, and now he's going to be behind guys like Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. I think, I think this rec- this receiving core is like is is very underrated compared to obviously teams like the Bengals and the Dolphins, and you know, I guess uh, Vikings sort of. With with Jordan, um, Jordan Addison and, and Justin Jefferson. I mean, Justin Justin Jefferson alone is like a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two. But um, yeah, I think that the Jaguars wide receiving core is, is probably like top four, I would say. And I don't think that they're getting that kind of respect, which I think they should be. Uh, but yes, Cal- I mean, I have my notes here and I have Calvin Ridley as one of my notes. If you've seen any video or any like clips of this guy in training camp, Watch there. There's a clip of him running a route after Zay Jones does. And I don't, I mean, I don't, I was just praising Zay Jones for being so good last season or at the end of last season, but I'm going to kind of hate on him, hate on him now, but in at, at the expense of Calvin Ridley, of praising Calvin Ridley, if you've seen that, that clip where like Zay Jones runs the route, it's like a little dig route or something like that. It's just, they, they just cut inwards. It's like a 10 yard dig route. And Zay Jones runs it in, I don't know, maybe like four seconds ish. And Calvin Ridley runs in like half the time. And he look he looks yeah. like he's just gliding across the field. I mean, he's he's nuts. And there, there's other videos too of him just cooking defenders in in practice. So it's like Calvin Ridley, even though he's gonna be double covered by most teams, I think he's still gonna ball out. I think he's he's still a great fantasy option for for really anybody. I think I think it really does open up doors for guys like Christian Kirk and Zay Jones to be secondary guys or kind of like reserve guys that you have on your bench that you can start. In a heartbeat, if if any of your, you know, top wide receivers go go off the board at, with an injury or something like that, but um, but yeah, I th- I think that this offense is just going to be insane, especially with right Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Etienne in the backfield. A lot of people forget that they played together at Clemson, and that kind of, that kind of chemistry when you have a guy like um like uh, Travis Etienne who who catches the ball very very well, you you got to think about how that helps Trevor Lawrence in the backfield because Trevor Lawrence is just like any other quarterback, when he gets under pressure, who does he look to the check down the running back? And if he has a guy that he's been playing with for, you know, six years straight now, that's got to add something, right? You've, you've, you've got a, a, a sort of chemistry back there. That is really unlike anything that we see from the rest of the league, in my opinion. So that adds an element to that offense that I think is, is is kind of missing from either any other team in this league, but yeah, Matt kind of hit the nail on the head with the defense, that's where they're going to struggle. For me, though, it is about who else is in their division. They have six, almost guaranteed wins. I I would I would say there's no way that they go below like five and one in their division games because I I can't see them losing more than one division game this year. So that's basically five free wins right there, like guaranteed. And their win total is is nine and a half. Now, again, it's 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 a little bit of a tricky one here. I'm still going to go with the over here. And uh and 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 go with, you know, hopefully they'll they'll be able to reach a double digit record or d- double digit win record. Again, 10 and 7, that doesn't sound too far off for, for them. And that's what they went last year. So I think that they could do that again this year, if not do better. Yes, they they are having they do have a first place schedule, but I, I don't know. I, I think that they're looking really, really good, especially they've re-signed Evan Ingram, which Matt mentioned. He had a great year with them last year. So I think their offense is just too good not to have or to have them below nine and a half.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna probably. I don't know. I guess my official pick is gonna be under. I think they're gonna be nine and eight. Like I, I, I really think so. Um, I, if they're anything over, then I, I could see it happen. Um, because obviously, right, the division is 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 bad. But again this division is is weird in terms of like, they they kind of always beat up on each other. Like, would you, would you be surprised Hayden if like week one, the Jaguars go into the, into Indianapolis and like, and Anthony Richardson goes crazy and they beat the, they beat the Jags and the Indies like horrible the rest of the year. And the Jags like ended up being good. And like, that could be a a random loss that you're not accounting for um, on this Jaguars. So I'm going to go over slightly. I do think they're probably going to be nine and eight. I think the potential is probably bigger though. So like, variability wise it's it might be smarter to go on the on the over but i, I didn't bet this i'm not touching it um i'm gonna go over for the or i'm gonna go under nine and a half for the picks though because i'm higher in another division in the afc that i want to kind of balance out my play in case you haven't noticed it and i don't know if you've been doing the same thing i kind of want to stick it to like 16 unders and 16 overs so yeah that, that
0: makes sense okay um all right so moving on to the next team is the titans at seven and a half like we said the the rest of this division is pretty abysmal so i'm going to let matt Talk about them. Talk about the Titans first here, and then I'll get my thoughts.
1: I've I've heard both sides of the argument here. I'm probably I'm probably going to be siding more with the uh more with the hype train with the Titans. I think that you know you bring back like Tannehill's still the starter, Derrick Henry's still a starter, uh, and I think that you have a very base level you know solid foundation of this team that can provide them with wins during the regular season. The offensive line is probably the worst in the league. Uh, and so when you're talking about a guy like Derek Henry, trying to run on that, you know, whatever, but he, he hasn't had a great offensive line his whole career and he's still, he's still doing pretty well. He signed DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously Traylon Burks is out now the first, I think the first three weeks or so um, Chigakonkwo is their tight end. He came out of the scene last year. He's really good. So I, I think that the, there's, there's a floor on the offense to where, they're gonna be able to score. They're not gonna score a ton, right? But you don't need to because the defense, I think, is really good. The defensive front, the front seven is one of the best in the league. You lose David Long, like I talked about earlier. Um, you know, where he got traded at the Dolphins, but but you know Jeffrey Simmons is a beast, probably probably the but the best uh, defensive tackle maybe between like him and Brian Burns. Well, obviously besides besides Aaron Donald, but um in the league. And, and I think that you know you kind of fill out the rest of the roster, and it's it's not that bad. And again, you have a Mike Vrabel coach team. They're gonna try really hard, and they're gonna try to you know they're gonna want to win every game. And he's proven himself to be able to you know be a good decision maker when it comes to being a head coach, and you know setting him setting his guys up for success. And so I, I think that with all that being said. I think the, the floor is pretty low here for the Titans and I'll, and I'll probably go over the seven and a half wind total here. Um, again, I don't, I don't see them being better than the Jaguars. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that they're going to come out here and, you know, perform at a, at a crazy level or anything, but I could see them being better than like, you know, for example, the Patriots are also seven and a half. I definitely think the the, the, the Titans are, you know, are better than the Patriots in terms of kind of on an equal, you know, comparison in terms of the, you know, the, the, where the wind totals are at. So, yeah, I mean, right. Do I see them winning ten games? No. Um, but but this is a team that they two years ago they were the one seed in the AFC, man. And yeah, they have the first round bye, and they lost to the and they you know they lost to the Chiefs. But pretty much everyone has, lo- has lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs over the last five years, right? So I, I think that you know. Th- and this team isn't much different than that than what that team was a couple years ago obviously they've lost a lot of defensive talent the offensive line has gotten significantly worse so yes those are those are probably your your main concerns if you know if there are any uh but but i think that like i said you know with the talent on the team that they do have like and and the fact that this core of this team has been there really since right since that since they got the number one seed in the afc now again i think they were 12 and five and there were a bunch of other teams tied so they had the tiebreakers and whatever um but but i think that I think the floor on this team is a lot higher than teams like the Colts and the Texans that we're going to be talking about, talking about next. And so I think that in those games against those teams, they'll probably be able to find some wins there, too. So give me the over seven and a half on the Titans.
0: Yeah, I'm not as high on the Titans. And I think that you can probably you, you could probably tell from that um, or like towards the beginning of the episode when you said that we are going to disagree a little bit. I thought this was one of the teams that we were going to disagree on because I I my notes are a little bit Strongly opinionated or slash written um, because I, I don't think that they're going to be nearly as good as they were a couple years ago when they, when they won the AFC, right? That was a weird year just in general for the whole AFC because there's no way that, 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 that the Titans should have won the AFC that year. Um, they're a regular season, I guess, but this is going to be the same old offense. I mean, people are talking about, Oh, Deontre Hopkins got signed, dude, who cares? Because guess what? Well, what was AJ Brown? Wasn't he a deep threat? What did he do in Tennessee? Nothing because they're going to do the same old ground and pound with Derrick Henry, give him the ball 30 times a game. Maybe not that much, but it, probably close to it. I mean, you know, 26, 27, 28 times, right. They're going to be giving him the ball almost every play on offense. And yeah, you have the occasional play action, fake him out. Deandre Hopkins is, is one of the best jump ball receivers in the league. If not the best jump ball receiver in the league. Fine. But again, you, got, you had a guy like A.J. Brown just not see any success. He had some injury problems in Tennessee, but still didn't see really much much success at all, and he's seen a lot more success in Philadelphia where he has a competent quarterback in Jalen Hurts. That's the other thing. Ryan Tannehill, not a good quarterback, dude. And both of these guys, I have this in my notes as well, Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, both are this is contract years for them, so their contracts are up after this year, both of them, and I don't think that matters either. A lot of people argue that uh, that once your contract years for guys, which if you don't know, just to reiterate a contract year is when a guy is playing on the last year of his contract. And so typically the, the, the argument or what we see from these kinds of, from these players that are in contract years, we typically see them play better or try harder just to hopefully get more money next season, whether it's being signed by the same team or getting signed by another team. They just want more money. So they play harder, Assumably, in that year, I don't think it really matters that Ryan Dan and Derek Henry are on, are on contract years this year. I, I don't think the Titans are going to be good at all. And Matt said that they that they're they have one of the best front sevens in the league. I kind of I don't really know any of their linebackers. Maybe that's just me not really knowing football. <laughs> I guess um, for for lack of a better phrase, but. I don't think that they have that great of a defense. I mean, they, Kevin Bayard is, is the other guy. He's a, kind of like the other veteran besides Jeffrey Simmons on that defense. Other than that, they don't really have great corners. I don't think they have a great secondary, like their defense can't be good if their offense isn't good. And that's the last thing I'll say is like a team that has an offense, like the, like, like the Titans who are not going to have that many explosive plays, are going to be on the field either for a long drive. It's, it's either going to be like a 12-play drive or a three-play drive, and they're going to go three and out because the style of offense that they run is very run-heavy. And with a style of offense like that, yeah, you can keep your defense off the field for a long time, or you can go three and out and have your defense back on the field after two minutes. So I see this team not really being able to get it together offensively. And then, like I said, if, you, if your offense can't, Stay on the field and can't keep it together. Then there's no way your defense is going to be good, no matter how much talent you have. So I'm pretty low on this team. I'm going to go with the under um, under seven and a half wins. I think that this team actually could. This is a hot take, but this team might finish last in the in this division. Maybe not because of the Colts. The Colts are are they're kind of a whole different ball game. But um, and we'll get to them next. But I could I would not be surprised if the Titans finish last in the division.
1: All right, well, well, hot take there from Hayden. Yeah. Um. Moving on to the Colts now, Anthony Richardson was obviously drafted uh, this past year. He's announced as the starter, so they're going to play him, which I think is probably the right move. You know, I mean, you at least need to kind of just get this guy out there to have experience. Um, And again, this is pretty much every rookie quarterback this year that's going to be starting is also paired up with a rookie head coach, right? Or at least a new head coach. Uh, And so I mentioned last episode in the Panthers, and we're talking about the Panthers, Bryce Young, Frank Reich. For a lot of these teams, they're they're getting their rookie quarterbacks out there to be able to see what they have and get them experience in playing the game. And as a result, neither the, the head coach nor the quarterback have any pressure as to if I don't perform well, I'm gonna lose my job. Now, obviously, right, you know, rookie quarterbacks they are what they are, and so if they're if they're horribly bad and you know, giving away the ball every single possession, then yeah, you might need to replace them. But but I think that for what these teams are trying to do. It's not necessarily compete in the division, right? I mean, yes, there's upside with Anthony Richardson, how, you know, his running game and all that. But, but I think that for, and again, this is kind of going to be my same. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm talking generally here because this is going to be basically, I'm going to have kind of the same analysis for both the Colts and the Texans. Um, I, I probably think that, and, and I don't know, I mean, Hayden, if you want to do the same, I, I probably think that the Texans are have higher upside because I think they've at least, kind of started it it started to seem like they're trying to build out the team right they've they've gotten some weapons on the outside um and and i think that and and then on you know defensively they you know they've had they have pieces who are veterans and 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 i think their offensive line is is actually going to be pretty good at least for the texans but but the colts have just been in this state of I don't I don't want to call it purgatory because they've kind of changed around every year, but they've basically been doing the same thing. They've they've been doing the definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing, and expecting a different result. Which was three years ago, you signed Philip Rivers, who's an old washed-up quarterback, and yeah, he got into the playoffs and they got smacked by the Bills. Two years ago, you signed Carson Wentz, who's an old washed-up quarterback, and he sucked. Last year you signed Matt Ryan, who's an old washed-up quarterback, and he also sucked, right? So it's like each of the last three years, they've had a good, I mean, they had good defenses right there. Right. You had Jonathan Taylor in each of those years as well. And, and he was performing really well. Um, not to mention the fact that he's it looks like he's going to be traded again. If this happens like tomorrow, you know, right. This is the podcast and this is what it is when this that is this recording, right? Yeah. Um, like actually, I don't Hayden. I don't know if you got the notification, but J- Josh Jacobs during this podcast, it was announced that he's, he's going to sign back with the Raiders. So at least, you know, that's kind of, I guess something, yeah. but we're not talking about the Raiders right now. So yeah. So Jonathan Taylor could be traded. Um, People are saying that the Eagles pick him up. That'd be great. Okay, cool. Uh, So, so who knows? Right. But, but I guess like he's not happy with the team. The offensive line was good each of the last three years. The defense was good each of the last three years, but they've let some guys go since then. And now you're bringing in the rookie quarterback and the first time head coach to be able to, I guess, resurrect something. Right. And so, the pairing can work, right? And we've seen, you know, Shane Steichen is a good guy to be coaching Anthony Richardson because we saw Shane Steichen; he was kind of the brilliant mind behind Justin Herbert's rookie year. You know, when he kind of came out and won Rookie of the Year, and he was, he was, a, you know, he was great, and kind of is, you know, is still great now. And then obviously last year, Shane Steichen was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, who you know he, he led them to the Super Bowl, and, and they were three three points away from winning the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts in just his second year. So, if if Shane Steichen can can prove that he's able to do that much with Jalen Hurts. I think that that's a positive. It's 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 positive looking forward and to assume what he could maybe do with Anthony Anthony Richardson. But again, the Eagles have the best offensive line in the league. The Eagles have A.J. Brown and Devontae or Devontae Smith. So they're a lot more set up than the than the Colts are this year. But again, this is this is very ground floor level. If the Colts suck this year. They're gonna they're gonna go into next year and maybe add some pieces, but they'll at least know what they have and they can they can maybe improve next year, right? Like th- there's not a lot of incentive to win for this team, and so I think that's kind of why I'm, I'm definitely gonna side with the under here in terms of the Texans, just to kind of get this over with really quickly. I'm also gonna be under on the Texans, but I think like I said, I think they have a lot more upside in terms of the the, the team that they've filled out the rest of the roster with. The offensive line is better than the Colts. The defense is better, I think, than the Colts, and so. I, I'm a little behind on the Texans. I still think they're going to go under though, because again, it's a rookie quarterback and a rookie and a first time head coach. And, and I'll let Hayden talk about Mika Ryan's because he had him he had them listed out here, who I do think is a good hire for the head coaching position. You also have to remember that the Texans, if they're really bad, which I think they're probably, I don't think they're gonna be the worst team in the league, but if they have the worst record this year, yeah. you have to remember that the Texans gave up their, their first round draft pick next year to get Will Anderson for this year. Now, Will Anderson's looked pretty good so far, but again, they hedged a lot of their future on Will Anderson being the guy. And if he can turn out that that, that's fine, right. But he has to basically be like a 10 year old pro in order for all that to be worth it. So this is the team that they have, and they're not going to have their draft pick next year. So if they're, you know, the worst team in the league, the Cardinals are going to have the first and second overall pick. Right. So it kind of needs to work. And I think that they're at least on a better track than the Colts are, but I'm still under on both these teams for sure.
0: Okay. Do you want me to talk about both teams then? Like, yeah, as... I just did both because we're kind of running over. So. Okay. And, they're, yeah. and they're very similar in my mind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that Matt's right with a lot of his analysis. Mine isn't really going to be much different. Um, I think with the Colts, first of all, Anthony Richardson probably won't be good. He just has no weapons. I mean, he has Michael Pittman. Matt, name, can you name another receiver for the Colts other than Michael Pittman?
1: Alec Pierce, second year out of uh, Cincinnati. Um, They still have Mo okay, so that- Cox. What
0: okay? I was gonna say someone that's not white and wears number 14.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I mean yeah, that, that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, you got, you got me there.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty tough. Um, but yeah, he has no weapons. I mean, to say the least. And you want to talk about less weapons than they had last year? Jonathan Taylor is angry. He's not happy. Okay, he's not happy with Jim Ursay at all. That owner, and he's probably not happy with the coaching staff because coaching staff is is kind of linked to the owner slash the organization in general. I don't, he, he wants out of any Indian, Indianapolis dude and a top running back that wants out of a team, not a, a very good recipe for success. So I think the fact that Jonathan Taylor isn't happy is going to contribute a lot to how he plays. It's we, we've seen it before. I mean, it, players that are mad at their organizations, they don't play well because they're mad. I mean, they're humans, dude. If you were getting treated well, and it's, it's, it's kind of a debate of, of, of whether or not. Jonathan Taylor actually has, like, the right to be mad in this situation because it, it can go both ways. It's kind of wishy-washy. But if he is, like, think about it. If, if you're mad at your boss, are you are you going to be friendly with your boss? Are you going to try as hard at work? No. That's the same as Jonathan Taylor not trying as hard playing football. So I think it's really going to affect their season, and especially with a, a rookie quarterback coming in, a guy that has no regular season NFL experience yet. Like, that's, that's not... A good combination and their defense, they lost Bobby Ocariko
1: and Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. Who who else is on their defense? They're nobody. They're, so, yeah, their defensive backfield is probably going to be worse than the league, like for sure.
0: Yeah. So it, I said that the tight, I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans come in last. I expect the Colts to come in last in this division. I'm I'm a little bit more or a little bit higher on, on the Titans this year. And, and they have a a, a one-game advantage in, in terms of win total. So like they're probably gonna finish above the Colts in this division, but I, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the Colts go like six and 11 and, and the, the Titans go um also six and 11. And then they, you know, they, they lose the division matchups against, um against the Colts. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens or even if the Titans go uh, five and 12. So Colts. Yeah. Not, not very high on them at all. I am higher on the Texans. Um, I do have right. The notes here that say that the say D'Amico Dem- Ryan's, he should be a huge help defensively. I mean, he's, they hired him as a head coach. He was the defensive coordinator in in San Francisco before this and look at their defense. I mean, they had possibly the best defense working with not much. Well, you you have a lot of offensive weapons, but you don't, you don't have a a solidified quarterback there in San Francisco. He did a great job holding that defense up and, and making sure that, that, right. You know, the, the offense was, was in a good position to score most of the time. So I think that um, D'Amico Ryan just overall I mean he's he's a great coach overall he's he's done so well there he also played in uh in Houston for most of yeah. his career if not all of his career so yeah so I think that we're going to see him kind of like you know it's it's almost like a homecoming story for D'Amico Ryan's which I think is really cool he's a head coach there should be a, a great advantage for them Um, yeah they also had a really crazy draft and I don't who knows if it was worth it like Matt said Will Anderson could turn out to be a 10 year all pro player or he could turn out to be kind of a bust and they had the first i mean it was yes they they had the second and third picks got uh, CJ Stroud and, and Will Anderson again those are those are guys that like i don't know like i could definitely see Bryce Young being better than than um CJ Stroud this year and maybe that's just because you know the Panthers overall have a better projection than the, than the Texans do but I think they're kind of around the same. I think in terms of win total, I think the Panthers are right at six and a half as well. So yeah. So I think that the, that the Texans are probably going to go over six and a half here. I think that, that the Colts are going to go under. So I've kind of got them flipped from the order that we talked about them in, but, right. uh, but yeah, they all, the Texans also got Shaq Mason to improve the the O-line, which is pretty good because you got You need a guy like that to protect CJ Stroud, rookie, rookie guy as well. So um, yeah, a lot of rookie quarterbacks in this, in this division, this AFC South, but it's going to be interesting to see. And, and I, I really hope that the Texans are able to kind of do something. I, I hope I I can't even give hope to the Colts because I know that they're going to be so bad and same with the Titans. So I think that the te- if the Texans are able to come in second in, in this division, it's a win for them this season, I think. So um, that's my take on it. That's going to be, it's going to wrap up the episode. We're not going to do a rundown section here because we don't have time already running over. So thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoy the content. Hope you guys learned something today. I I learned a few things from what Matt said. I I always say this, like we don't we don't really tell each other what we're going to talk about coming into the episode. And I like it best like that because I'm I'm able to learn throughout the episode with you guys. So it's uh it's, it's fun to do that when it happens. But yes, expect another episode. Hopefully this week. I think I'm I'm back and co- more comfortable in the in in the swing of school. So hopefully I'll I'll, I'll have some time on uh on wednesday to do the podcast and hopefully we'll get another episode out on wednesday My my voice crying <laughs> hopefully we get another episode out on wednesday for you guys and it'll be a two episode week this week and that'll be nfl th- preview number three we'll get our fantasy episode out soon as well probably next weekend at some point we'll figure that out when it comes so um yeah with that being said thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you guys later on in the week